everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, and you're listening to Marking Out. And remember, everybody's got a price for the Million Dollar Man. <laughs> this is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like this. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We're marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 468 of Marking Out, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Thank you very much for listening to this on however you listen to your podcasts, your major podcasting applications. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Give us five stars. We greatly appreciate it. Social media-wise, Facebook.com slash Marking Out, Twitter.com slash Marking Out, YouTube and Instagram.com slash markingout11. You can email us at markingout1 at gmail.com and get our merch at prowrestlingtees.com slash markingout. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Uh, we are also here with Brandon, who you can follow on Twitter at BTTG161. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome as always. And uh, Chris is not actually here this week, nor is Dave, uh, but go check him out on Twitter. And before I start talking about Monday Night Raw, I just wanted to make mention that, unfortunately, this past week, NYWC's Crusher Dugan passed away, which is just absolutely shocking. Uh, He helped train and mentor a lot of the guys that came out of NYWC, and it's been nice to read all the great things that people have been posting about him. And I just wanted to say that our condolences and thoughts are with his friends and family. Moving to Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Uh, Seth Rollins kicked off the show with Authors of Pain and Buddy Murphy, which I thought the the promo had some, like, it had decent heat, but it, I think, could have had better heat. But uh, Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens, I almost said Kevin James, <laughs> came out and challenged them. And uh, the Viking Raiders came out, they cleaned house. And Seth Rollins was interviewed later on after this and laid out a challenge to the Viking Raiders for the Tag Team Championships. Uh, first match of the evening, we saw Andrade defeat Rey Mysterio to retain the United States Championship. In a ladder match, which they said was the first ladder match on Monday Night Raw in 13 years, which is kind of crazy that like a straight up ladder match hasn't been seen on Monday Night Raw for 13 years. But uh, I-, I thought at one point when uh, Andrade was up set up on the uh, the ladder, I thought he was going to hit a gory bomb through the ladder, but then Rey Mysterio reversed it into that sunset flip power bomb, and which I thought was cool. The one spot I thought was a little wonky was when Rey Mysterio was hanging from the the title and Andrade moved the ladder out so he was just dangling on there and Andrade puts his arms up, I guess, to have Rey Mysterio drop into what I can only assume was supposed to be a Hurricane Rana. But it, and it looked like it could have been a really cool spot but I, and I can't put blame on anybody there. It's just, I guess, like the height difference was... I don't know, it seemed like a dangerous spot that maybe shouldn't have been attempted unless it was like somebody like big show or somebody a little taller. But, uh, after that, uh, you had Zelina Vega 
climb the ladder to prevent Ray from getting all the way to the top, and Andrade ends up putting Ray through the ladder with the hammerlock DDT, which I thought was cool. Which I thought uh, uh, Zelina was going to do some sort of like sunset flip or something to Rey Mysterio through the ladder, but that didn't happen. And then uh, Zelina Vega ripped up the mat outside uh, so Andrade could, I guess, DDT Rey Mysterio, but out came somebody dressed in a Rey Mysterio mask. They unmask to reveal that it's Umberto Carrillo making his return, which I thought was awesome. And uh, Umberto stopped Andrade from doing that to Rey Mysterio, so I guess he'll be the next challenger for the U.S. Championship, which is good. Uh, it's It's been maybe a month or so since we've seen him. Uh, so all in all, I, I thought the match was really cool. And uh, yeah, Andrade and Rey Mysterio always kill it. Up next, Aleister Black defeated an enhancement talent after a quick black mask. But th- this was Royal Rumble hype. And I think it was really stupid. I don't see how this hypes him up for the Rumble at all. Like, he just went three matches in a row defeating Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy at least has a name to him. They were getting, like, this is awesome chance and everything. Buddy Mur- It wasn't just, like, one-sided quick things. How does this make sense that you have Aleister Black defeat an enhancement talent like that? And meanwhile, it's like, oh, this is like that. Him doing that isn't going to make me believe that he can eliminate Brock Lesnar. Which also, by the way, leads into Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. It was a Royal Rumble promo, which Paul Heyman said that there's not one contracted person who is man enough to eliminate Brock Lesnar. So that makes me think that it's going to probably be somebody maybe that's not contracted. I, I was under the assumption that Cain uh, uh, Velasquez was contracted, but I guess maybe he won't be, or maybe it's Tyson Fury or whatever his name is. I think it is Tyson Fury. Um, I'm hoping for Cain Velasquez still that eliminates Brock Lesnar. But Ricochet cuts his promo off. After Paul Heyman asked the crowd to name one person who could defeat Brock Lesnar. Last week they used the keyword truth. And this week I guess they used one as in one and only. Uh, But he asked, um, or not asked, but he basically told Paul Heyman that he's not afraid of Brock Lesnar. And Ricochet gets in the ring. Brock starts to leave. And Ricochet asked if Brock was scared. Brock gets back in the ring, kicks him in the balls, and goes, not scared. So, I I don't know, maybe this seemed more like the same boring Brock Lesnar-Paul Heyman promos that we've seen, that, like, just stuck on a repeat, as opposed to last, last week, which was a, a breath of fresh air with R-Truth. But uh, next matchup, we saw Drew McIntyre defeat Randy Orton via disqualification. Uh, McIntyre ends up hitting somebody ringside with the Claymore. Uh, obviously not a, not a fan, but he uh, brought back the 3-2-1 the countdown, which we discussed missing last week. I just wish it like worked this time. But the OC ran down during this and attacked Drew McIntyre and... Randy Orton fought them off with a chair and then dropped Drew McIntyre with an RKO after that. And and Randy leaves and McIntyre grabs a mic and says he should have claimed Orton after he uh, 
when he had the chance. So I'm still hoping Drew McIntyre wins the Royal Rumble. I don't know how Randy Orton is said to be the favorite to win. I I don't get that. According to the, the writers, at least he is. But next up, Charlotte Flair was interviewed about the Royal Rumble. And she said that she's prepared to face anybody. Becky Lynch randomly appeared and left, which I thought was very odd. And uh, out of this whole segment, I wish that Sarah Logan attacked Flair here. I don't think this this sec the 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 interview or whatever did anything to hype up Flair. But Becky Lynch has a match after this, defeats Kyrie Sane. Why the referee didn't make Asuka get off the top rope is way beyond me. It made no sense, but Becky knocks her off the top rope. And after the match, Asuka hits Becky with the Shining Wizard, Asuka lock, and kicks Becky in the face. So I'm assuming because Becky Lynch uh, didn't get the upper hand here, she's going to be retaining at the Royal Rumble. And I'm kind of kind of hope, uh, you know what, I'll save that for predictions, I guess. But... Up next, we see Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins. Instead of Authors of Pain, you would think that that was going to be the tag team to get the tag title shot, but it was Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins picking up the victory over Viking Raiders, which I'm like beyond ecstatic that Buddy Murphy is the tag team champion again. Uh, Authors of Pain and Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe were ringside for this and brawled throughout the match. They brawled backstage or whatever. Um, but as far as the match goes, I think it kind of dragged a little bit, but with Buddy Murphy winning, I'm just like, I, I, it doesn't even matter. (laughs) And like we questioned last week, who was going to be the next to, uh, face Viking Raiders for the tag team championships. And now not only do we know, we know that they are no longer tag team champions. And then, uh, later on, Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens were interviewed and declared themselves for the Royal Rumble. So. Joe said that he'll stand by Kevin Owens with Seth Rollins, but if he gets in his way of winning the the Royal Rumble, then he'll take Kevin Owens out. So I don't know if we're going to be seeing maybe them challenge Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins next for the title or what. I'm not sure. Uh, After this, we went into that weekend update parody that I said already on the show that I absolutely hated and couldn't stand with the the Street Profits, uh, which I don't think I'll ever like. But I did pop when they were going through SmackDown uh, recaps, and they, they were recapping Otis catching Mandy, and then they, they set a video package tune to Val Venus's theme song, so I popped big time for that, because I think Val Venus has one of the best theme songs in WWE history. Uh, next was disappointing. Uh, because it was Eric Rowan defeating Matt Hardy. And it's like, I, you've been having Eric Rowan face enhancement talent for, for a bunch of weeks now. And it's like, what the hell are you doing with Matt Hardy? I just, I don't, I don't even know what they're doing. It makes no sense. But what I didn't even notice during this, when uh, Eric Rowan gets bit again by whatever's in his cage and he had the blood all over his hand, Dave pointed it out to me that the referee put on gloves to sell the blood. So I thought that was pretty cool. I went back and rewatched that spot. It was a, that's like the, the little tiny things in, in the match that, that matter and make it a little bit better. But I, I, I hope Matt Hardy is not like 
done. I hope this isn't like the end of his WWE career. Uh, after that, we saw Mojo Raleigh being interviewed about what he said last week about defending the, the championship and not running. And the Singh brothers tried to win it, but Mojo took them out. So it was like a half serious, half comedic segment, which I got enjoyment out of. I don't know how long Mojo will be champion for, but so far, so good. Which is very interesting, because I know we've uh, we've not been the, the biggest fans of Mojo, but... I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more with the the 24/7 championship. I'm a big fan of that title. Uh, and then the main event of Monday Night Raw saw Lana and Bobby Lashley team up in a mixed match challenge. Not really a mixed match challenge match, but I know if Chris was listening, he'd pop for that. So uh, they picked up the victory over Liv Morgan and Rusev. Which I just, I don't get the point of this match. Lashley's whole thing last week was questioning why he had to face Rusev again. Like, well, I already defeated him. Why do I need to try to do it again? I don't I don't see how this doesn't bury Liv Morgan and Rusev. Especially after all the antics from the wedding and, and all the one-ups that Rusev got. And then he quickly lost, well not quickly, but lost in a, what seemed like a seven-hour match. Last week to Lashley, you would assume that Lana and Lashley were going to lose this match this week. But for some reason that didn't happen and uh, Liv Morgan's first match back was was lost. I think it was an absolutely pointless match. I don't even, I don't even know how you could fathom putting that as a, a last match on Monday Night Raw for, for the Royal Rumble. Um, I mean, uh, what does that do for the Royal Rumble match? What does that do for the pay-per-view? Is Rusev going to eliminate Lashley? Is is Liv going to eliminate Lana? It's just this whole this whole segment was a pointless segment to me. It made absolutely zero sense. But that was Monday Night Raw. Moving on to SmackDown, which kicked off with uh, six-man tag, the Usos teaming up with Roman Reigns, defeating Robert Roode, Dolph Ziggler, and Baron uh, King Corbin. Uh, during the match, the referee called for medical personnel to come out due to Jimmy Uso's knee, but Jay Uso kept yelling, check his head, so that part was confusing, uh, which then it got turned into a uh, two-out-of-three falls match, which I feel kind of dragged on a bit. Like the uh, the tag team championship match on Monday Night Raw. Because it was like a 30 minute long match. Maybe even more than 30 minutes. But Jimmy eventually made his way back out for the hot tag. And the eventual win. Sometimes selling his knee. Sometimes not selling his knee. Which I'm fine with for what uh, he did. Uh, Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin fought in, in the crowd. Which was a good way to hype up their, their Falls Count Anywhere match on Sunday. And then Corbin was interviewed later on about Roman Reigns and said that he's going to beat Reigns at the Rumble and Reigns won't make it into the match, but he will and he'll make it to WrestleMania. So it should be interesting. I'd still like to see Baron Corbin like completely beat the heck out of Roman Reigns if Roman Reigns is going to be winning the Royal Rumble match. After that, Michael Cole interviewed Lacey Evans about Bailey and Sasha Banks, which she calls them bullies. 
that spoke about her father and how he lost his life to addiction and a bunch of other things. But I don't understand. I don't understand the things that she was speaking about. I don't understand how it equates to Sasha Banks and Bailey being bullies. I don't know what it had to do with that. I thought it was odd. And then, which I think, that, I feel like they just did that to to draw out the real emotion from Lacey Evans to, to I guess, further a face pop for her. Which, I mean, that's fine, but I, I just don't think it had anything to do with the storyline. But Bailey came out and attacked Lacey Evans, and they were separated. After this, uh, we went to commercial break, came back. Carmella and Dana Brooke were being interviewed about the Royal Rumble, which was cut off by Lacey Evans and Bailey brawling backstage. Which again was they were broken up, uh, and then. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Fire and Desire had didn't even get to start. It ended in a no contest because uh, Bailey and Lacey Evans spilled into this too. So it's nice that they're giving that match like a go home feel. Um, but there was there was no ending to this segment. I get that it was like a whole Royal Rumble hype as well with like all women in the match in the in the same time, but. It, I wish it had more of a Royal Rumble ending, I guess. Uh, outside of that segment, uh, Royal Rumble-wise, Fire and Desire have a new mashup theme song like the Kabuki Warriors had originally, which I think is super annoying when they do that, but like at least they had a voiceover at the beginning, as opposed to just like the, the split between Kyrie and Asuka's theme song. And I, I'd like... I, I honestly I think Mandy Rose's theme song is is that good that they could just have the fire and desire voiceover leading into just her theme song. Like when the Iconics became a tag team, they didn't go back and forth switching between Billy Kay and Peyton Royce's theme song. They just settled I think it was Billy Kay's theme song. I think that's fine if they just do that. I think it's I don't think Fire and Desire need mashupping the mashuping of theme songs, the mashing up of theme songs, <laughs> but that was that. Uh, all for the women from SmackDown. After that, we saw a backstage segment that led into an actual in-ring segment. Braun Strowman and Elias they went to go duet before a match, but got cut off by Cesaro. Uh, but Braun Strowman and Elias ends up picking up the victory over Nakamura and Cesaro. But this match, again, I feel like a bunch of nothing happened here. And after the match, I thought we were going to see uh, Braun Strowman, I guess, like tease, toss Elias over the top rope, or actually toss Elias over the top rope to have Rumble hype. But that didn't happen. Um, then there was also there was a backstage segment where New Day was uh they were they were backstage Big E was just oiling up his body and had a guy to see if uh see if the guy could move him which I thought was really funny cuz the guy kept like slipping and couldn't lift Big E which I'd like to see that I, I wouldn't mind seeing that baby oil spot played into the actual Royal Rumble itself I thought it was hilarious but they also spoke about John Morrison and it led into a match between Kofi Kingston and John Morrison. But before that, Miz cuts a promo entering him and John Morrison into the Royal Rumble, which it'd be cool 
during the match itself, if John Morrison and Kofi Kingston had dual save spots at like the same time, since John Morrison before Kofi Kingston was known for unique saving saviors, unique saves of himself in the Royal Rumble, it was John Morrison saving himself in unique ways. So it'd be cool to see them go back and forth or something. But uh, John Morrison ends up defeating Kofi Kingston. Uh, the, the the whole match basically comes to an end. John Morrison had his feet on the rope, which caused Big E to move them off, which I liked. And then Miz went up, pushed Big E, got chased by him, gets up on the ring apron, gets hit with the trouble in paradise by Kofi Kingston, which served as the distraction. And Kofi Kingston... Gets pushed from behind by John Morrison. John Morrison goes and does that hop up starship pain. That's super awesome. Uh, which again, last week, before last week, I don't think I've ever seen John Morrison do that. I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that. And the closing of SmackDown saw a contract signing between Daniel Bryan and was supposed to be Bray Wyatt. Which, or The Fiend, I guess. But this turns into an episode of the Firefly Funhouse. Where Bray Wyatt uh, was trying to fax the contract to, I guess, the ring. Which doesn't really make sense. But it ends up, over and over again, not working. And Bray Wyatt's like, since you're going to be facing him, then I feel like he should be the one there. Leads to the lights going out, the music, and then the red lights come on. And the Fiend appeared attached to the strap, uh, which led to Daniel Bryan and the Fiend brawling for a little bit before the Fiend took out Daniel Bryan. And then the Fiend grabs the pen, stabs himself in the hand, and signed the contract by smearing blood all over it. So it, it was, I like that part, but I, I I don't know. Maybe it couldn't have been done if the lights were on. I just, I still hate those red lights. And I think it's going to be difficult to find. I don't know how to even go about finding unique spots to work around the red lighting. But... The lights came on afterwards and Daniel Bryan opened the contract up and you see the blood, the quote-unquote blood, smeared all over the contract. I think that's fine. I think it would have been better had the lights been on so you can actually see the blood. I don't. I mean, we didn't see it like spurting from his hand or spouting from his hand, but I think it could have been better if the lights were on and we're, we're over this red lighting thing. And maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's too similar to Eric Rowan getting bit on his hand and using the blood against his opponents. I don't know. But we have two events this weekend. Uh, Worlds Collide taking place Saturday at the Houston uh, Toyota Center. No Houston Toyota Center, just Toyota Center, which is where SmackDown was, um, I believe. We have a pre-show match, Mia Yim taking on Kaylee Ray. I gotta think Mia Yim is going to win this one. We also have Finn Balor taking on Ilya Dragunov 
Um, it's I'd find it very difficult to think Finn Balor's not walking away with this win. But then how do you I don't know. Hmm. Because there are so many matches that like you can't just go like NXT wins them all or NXT UK loses them all, wins them all also. Um Hmm. We, uh, you know what? I'm going to say Ilya Dragunov wins, defeats... No, that doesn't make sense. I'm going to say Finn Balor defeats Ilya Dragunov. We have DIY teaming up again for the first time in a few years to take on Mustache Mountain. I see this is where, like, it doesn't make sense for DIY to lose, but I'm going to... But again, you can't... How could they sweep? I'm going to say Mustache Mountain... A fatal four-way match for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. You have Angel Garza, the champion, defending it against Isaiah Swerve Scott, Travis Banks, and Jordan Devlin. I'd like to see Angel Garza retain this championship. I think it's too soon for him to lose the title. And because he he hasn't really had it for, for that long, and there hasn't been that many defenses. He he just won it back in December. So I'd like for there to be some more length to this. And maybe it'll lead to uh, one of these three men winning the championship down the line. Um, So I'm going to say Angel Garza. We also have for the NXT Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley defending the title against Tony Storm. This week on NXT, they had a whole brawl. That led to uh, Tony Storm picking up the championship and and kind of like taunting with it. And the crowd just booed her, which is absolutely bizarre that they did that. But maybe they're just like so behind Rhea Ripley. But I'm going to I'm going to stick with Rhea Ripley as champion. She as well has not held the championship that long. She's only she just won it back in December as well. Uh, and then what I can only assume is the main event, we have an eight-man tag match, Imperium, taking on the Undisputed Era, uh, Roderick Strong, by the way, lost the uh, North American Championship to Keith Lee on NXT this past week, I'm, ooh, I'm gonna say Imperium, even though I kind of feel like the Undisputed Era would win this. But I'd like to see NXT UK get as many like victories, if not like, I don't know, more or less. I don't know. I I want them to not look weak in this event. But that's Worlds Collide. After that Sunday, we have the Royal Rumble, the everyone's favorite event of the year, taking place live at Minute Maid Park. Uh, home of the Houston Astros. Maybe there's going to be some cheating. Maybe there won't be. I don't know. But we have eight matches announced. We have Sheamus and Shorty G taking place. Sheamus had a uh, a promo on SmackDown too about this match. This match, I said it last week, feels like a pre-show match. But how could it be a pre-show match if it's going to be Sheamus' return match? 
and also, I feel like Shorty G shouldn't lose this match, but I'm going with Sheamus. We also have a Falls Count Anywhere match between King Corbin and Roman Reigns. I'm going with King Corbin. I want to see him completely decimate Roman Reigns. And then Roman Reigns could look strong and win the Royal Rumble if he's going to do that. I don't want that to happen, but that, if if that's the case, then I want, I'd want i like for Roman Reigns to be beat up so badly in this false Count Anywhere match that it doesn't even look like he's going to make the Royal Rumble match. And then he can come out number 30 or whatever, and or maybe 29 or whatever, because I don't want to see, I believe Becky Lynch took the, the 30th spot last year. Or no, she took 28th. So, I don't know. Maybe we could see him in a uh, a higher up spot. But I'm going with Roman Reigns. Uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship, we have Bailey taking on Lacey Evans. I'm going Bailey all the way. I, I don't want Lacey Evans to win this. Um, yeah. We have a United States Championship match. Andrade defends it against Humberto Carrillo. This again, just like the NXT Championships, we Andrade just won this. He didn't have like a chance to have that many title defenses yet. I would like to see Humberto Carrillo be the United States Champion at some point. But I'm going with Andrade here. For the WWE Raw Women's Championship, you have Becky Lynch defending the title against Asuka. Part of me really wants Asuka to win this, but I'm sticking with Becky Lynch. uh, Which I will say why in a few seconds. For the WWE Universal Championship, we have a strap match. A yappa pie. The Fiend will be taking on Daniel Bryan. I... I can't see Daniel Bryan winning this match. I I can't see The Fiend losing this match. It'll be difficult, I think, for... I mean, whenever The Fiend loses the title, I think it's going to be quite difficult to to like how it ends. But I'm sticking with The Fiend here. Uh, 30-woman Royal Rumble match. I'm going to say Shayna Baszler. And then she goes to WrestleMania 36 to challenge Becky Lynch only because I need closure from Survivor Series. Like, I still have no idea why Shayna Baszler standing up tall, celebrating the fact that NXT dominated Survivor Series. And then Becky Lynch attacks her and we have not heard anything of that since then. And that was back in what? November? There were so many events that took place in between there and we have not heard a single thing about that at all. So I just need payoff from that that Survivor Series ending. And then the Raw, not the Raw, the, the Men's Royal Rumble match. Brock Lesnar enters number one. So it's a gauntlet match of sorts. To see who can defeat Brock Lesnar. I'm still pulling for Cain Velasquez to come in and eliminate Brock Lesnar. Hopefully sooner rather than later. There's three empty spots. I thought NXT was going to be way more involved in this match. But there are 27 out of the 30 entrants involved. Are just Raw and SmackDown so far. There's no NXT announced. And... There's not room for many surprises. 
which really sucks. And I hate that all these names are already announced. I like it better when we don't know who's in the match. However, I'm going to pick Drew McIntyre. I believe Dave is now picking Drew McIntyre as well. Uh, I would have to assume Chris is picking Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar. Most likely he's picking Roman Reigns. But I don't know. Maybe the Royal Rumble needs to go up to 40 or 50 even. There's so many people in the, in the, the, the locker room. That how do you not have more people in the in the match? I don't think people complained when the Del Rio when Del Rio won the Royal Rumble. It was forty men. I don't think people complained. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the, the the fifty man Royal Rumble that they did in Saudi Arabia. I thought that was that was fine. It had weird entrance in it, but I think you wouldn't get that stateside because there are more people willing to work that show than Saudi Arabia. So, um, and yeah, and they, they, I think they did a terrible job hyping up the, the Royal Rumble in itself for, for both men and women, more so women, because I feel like the only person hyped up was Charlotte Flair. Um, yeah. And, SmackDown definitely had a, a way better ending to it than Monday Night Raw did. But those are predictions. Now it's time for shoutouts. Hello there, this is Randy Newman, and you're listening to Brandon Shoutouts, because you get some shoutouts from Brandon. Curb your enthusiasm gets the first shout out. It's back for a brand new season. Took them 20 years to do 10 seasons. But this new episode, the very first one, I did not stop laughing throughout the whole episode. And there was like so much jam-packed into the each scene. So I, I wish it was kind of like already all out. I'd, I've already watched everything already. But I'm looking forward to this new season Next shout-out goes to the Major Figure Podcast vlog. Uh, This past week, they ended up finding the old WCW giant figure, the one that came with Rey Mysterio as an accessory, and caught up with Big Show backstage to give it to him. And uh, they, he ended up not keeping it because who wants that figure? I guess he didn't want it. He probably already has it. But uh, I like that they joked about Miz and Gallows, the, the fake spray tan and everything, and the coloring of the, the giant figure. But it was really cool to see them going through that store. I, I really enjoy their, their vlogs when they go toy hunting because I, I like looking at the, the newer action figures that are coming out. I haven't bought many new wrestling figures, but... I like when they do that and then they go and present it to one of the wrestlers backstage and you see kind of like the a look behind the curtain, kind of. So check it out, Major Wrestling Figure Podcast Vlog. Last shout-out goes to this week's, or it's, it's actually from this week's episode of AEW Dynamite, not because of the actual TV show, but because of the venue. I think it was really cool to to see wrestling on a cruise ship. Um, I just wish it was during the sunset hours so we could see the, the ocean more, but they were on the, I think it was the Norwegian Pearl and I I thought it was really cool. 
Um, Kenny Omega and Adam Page ended up winning the tag team championships. You had MJF get tossed into a pool, which I believe they covered up one of the pools and both hot tubs for the taping. I don't know if they have both pools up during the whole cruise or they just have the wrestling ring cover the one pool. But John Moxley is the number one contender. He defeated Pac or Pac. Um, but yeah, it was cool. I like going on cruises. So it's a, a nice, unique venue, which I've used the word unique so many times <laughs> this episode. But you don't really see venues that often that are that sort of setting. So I thought it was cool. Those are my shout outs. Now it's time for my. That is right, my mark out moment of the week. I mentioned earlier in the show, Pop Big Time, when they used uh, Val Venus's theme song during that Otis video on the uh, weekend after update gimmick that the Street Profits had. I also marked out Big Time, which is so stupid, <laughs> but I always appreciate when they have it. They have a uh, Royal Rumble hashtag emoji. For that, I, I know AEW has them, and they continue to have them. They they went away with them for, like, New Year, and then they quickly came back, so that was awesome. Um, and then also on Matt Hardy's Free the Delete, Matt Hardy uh, busting out that old flannel attire. It's, like, seriously one of my favorite attires, which is so bizarre, I guess you would say. But it was, like, early, 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 early attire for the Hardy Boys, so I always appreciate that. And uh, just him going through the different incarnations, like V1, and it's so hard to be Matt Hardy. And like the everything, like the TNA champion, all those. It was pretty cool, including having the, the braids again. So check out Free the Delete. Those were my mark out moments of the week. That was episode 468. Uh, check us out, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, MarkingOut.com, at MarkingOut on Twitter, at MarkingOut11 on Instagram and YouTube, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut, at BTTG161, at Chris Sweendog, at Dave the Rave underscore M-O. We wish you the Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fan.